0: Good morning, everybody. Isn't it wonderful that when we come together, Jesus is here? But, but I want to remind you that wherever you go, he promises to be with you always, even to the ends of the earth, even through the valley of the shadow of death. He promises to never, ever, ever leave you. Never, ever, ever forsake you. I think if we're not careful in our gatherings, we we can somehow miss him. He's he's there, but there's so much going on that somehow we miss him. And I want to make sure this morning that that we would just still our hearts before I, I give him my little offering of loaves and fishes. So could, could you just... I ask people sometimes when I, I go places, I say, do you believe Jesus is here? I, I think so too. But in the Bible when you read that they encountered Jesus... When they encountered an angel who had been in his presence, what did they do? They bowed. And if you don't mind, if you're able physically, could you just bow for just a moment? In honor that our king is here. So often we sing about bowing or kneeling. When it says shout, we give a little whoo. When it says dance, we might bounce, but we hardly ever bow. And so, King of glory, King of majesty, beautiful King, this morning we bow. And we welcome you, but we embrace you. And I ask that you would give me the grace. To lift you up in a way that's so pure and so clear that we would be changed forever. And that all those that come across our path would be changed forever. You'd give us an awareness of your presence. We worship you. And together with the angels and the elders, And the saints and the living creatures, we say holy, holy, holy,
1: Lord God almighty, we love you.
0: Glorify your name in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. It's great to be back. It's it's great to be home. Uh, my fairy tale princess is glad that I'm home too. And um, and and I just want to say, first of all, thanks, Pastor Guile, and uh, I I love him so much. And uh, you know, we, we get together on a on a fairly regular basis. And and uh, I got a text from him yesterday think? My days are running together a little bit. And I had said, how can I I serve in this time the best? And I'll often ask that to pastors when I'm invited to come and speak. And they'll say, well, we need you to do this, and we need you to do this. And here was his answer. I asked Jesus, and I think that he wants you to You have a pastor who asks Jesus what to do first, and and so that that meant more to me than you'll ever know. I, I shared that with Nicole as as soon as I got the text, and I want to honor that this morning. I want to honor your trust. Equatorial Guinea was great; it was it was fun being there. Um, it's a lot of great stories, but this morning I. I been invited to be a part of what God is doing in this this season uh, about sharing the gospel. I especially liked last week, and I was so blessed by listening while I was over there to uh, the the different testimonies that that were being shared, and and I love the tools, I love the equipping that's going on, and for me... um, I just want to share a little bit of my journey on, on, this, on this trip of, of sharing my story, sharing my faith, sharing my belief, sharing the gospel. I was, I was a student at Oral Roberts University, whoop, whoop. and uh, I, was, I was a graduate student, uh, didn't know it was seminary, and if it was, I probably wouldn't have come. It was three days in, and I turned to a guy next to me, and I said, this is just like seminary. And the guy laughed at me, and he said, son, where do you think you are? (laughs) I would have left, except, a long story, God kept me here. And um, while I was there, we all had to write a paper about the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit, and what is his purpose? And I, I... Those are laughs from people who've had to write that paper as well. And those are laughs from a lot of people, not just students now. People who have been at ORU have had to write that same paper. But let me just tell you, that's the paper that changed my life. That's why I came to Oral Roberts University. You see, growing up, I came from a lot of different denominational backgrounds. Not my parents, but just my journey toward Jesus. I've, I've been baptized 17 times. I've been sprinkled, splashed, dunked, and held under. Um, as, as Mark Hodge would say, bubbles. Um, I, I've done it all. And, and so I've been with the people who say that the, the, the age of the Holy Spirit is past and that the age of miracles is past. But I've also been with those who say, you know, just if you've really got the Holy Spirit with you, then you're going to pray in tongues so many syllables, so much decibels per second. And what was it? And, and as I read this paper, or as I wrote this paper and I read the Bible, I read these words. Jesus said in Acts chapter 1 verse 8, you shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall. And he didn't say one word about whether you would or wouldn't speak in tongues. Or prophesy. Or heal the sick. Or all the things that we all debate about. You shall receive power and you shall be witnesses. In Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. And just to show you that I'm not just cherry-picking scriptures, Jesus said when they rolled out the scroll of Isaiah when he was in, in Nazareth, his first public sermon, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me for he's anointed me to... Didn't say a word about praying in tongues. Didn't say a word about healing the sick. He's anointed me to preach good news. And then I read, as I I went a little bit further, Jesus said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So I had a problem. Because my nature, and, and let me just be really clear, my calling is different than my nature. My calling is very public. My calling is very out there the first time that God called me to carry the cross, my prayer was, Lord Jesus, don't let anybody see me. <laughs> my, my princess will tell you I'd rather be in a cabin in the woods in the Ozark Mountains than, than be standing here right now. I'm, I'm the most timid, I'm the most insecure, I'm the most fearful, I'm the most shy person you probably ever met. I'm, I'm a textbook introvert. God called me to do this To display his power in my weakness. I'm not talking today about calling. I'm talking today about what Jesus said in the Bible. And so I read these words in the Bible. And I had a problem because my life was a witness. I smiled. I was kind. I said please and thank you. And and in the days when you could say yes sir, no ma'am. And in the days when you'd hold doors for ladies, I did all those things. But I can't tell you how many people said yes to Jesus because of my life. And in fact, most people just thought, you know, he's he's the good good kid from Arkansas. Uh, that's that's the polite kid. Yeah, he's a good Christian kid. But but see sharing a message without words can lead to just confusion. People might think you're a vegetarian. (laughs) There, there, There are Muslims and Hindus that are nicer than Christians that I've met. But at the same time, words without a life is hypocrisy. And so I had this problem. I, I want to share Jesus. And, and I, I went through all these programs about what you're supposed to say and, and how to share my testimony, how to share the gospel message. I learned all the plans because I knew it was right. The problem with all of the plans, the problem with all the techniques and all the tools that I learned was I, rem, I memorized what I was supposed to say, but the other person didn't memorize what they're supposed to say. And then I got lost and then I got embarrassed and then I shut down and I got inside myself because I wasn't doing it right. And I was comparing myself to what others were doing instead of what Jesus was doing. And so I remember laying down on the floor and I began to cry out, God, I need more of you. More, Lord, more. God, give me more. And I felt like he said, shut up and listen. I'm not a stock or a commodity. You can't buy or sell or purchase me. I'm not a part. I'm not a parcel. I'm not a portion. I'm all I ever was. I'm all I ever will be. I'm all that I am. And when I came to live with you, everything I ever was, everything I ever will be, all that I am came to live with you. And the question is not you getting more of me. It's me getting all of you. Didn't feel different. look different, didn't sense anything different, except I made a commitment. I'm going to share the gospel. So I didn't know really how to do it, and I didn't know where to go, but I figured lost people hung out in bars and nightclubs because I was always told, don't go there. (laughs) So I got my Bible, and all I had was my Ryrie study Bible. It was about this big. So I took my Bible... And I got some gospel tracks, and in, in the 1980s, the only gospel tracks that I could find were cartoons that basically said everybody else is going to hell except me. That's what they were, Chick Tracks. And, and so I showed up at 8 o'clock, and I, then nobody was there. I never had been to a bar before, so I, I didn't know how they work. Uh, and I just figured, well, Tulsa's really a Christian town. So everybody's saved, and nobody goes to the bar. They started backsliding about 9.30. <laughs> By midnight, they were full-on backslid. But here's the thing. I didn't talk to one person. Not at 12 o'clock, not at 1 o'clock, not at 2 o'clock. And I never had been awake at 2 o'clock that late ever. I was an athlete, so I would go to bed early. And so I still hadn't talked to anybody, and the bars started emptying out. And, and I'm just walking like some stalker. (laughs) I've got my Bible, I've got my gospel tracts. And by the way, since I never had been awake that late, my eyes get really dry and red and there was a lot of smoke. And so my eyes, I looked like a glazed donut. I looked like I was on a bigger trip than everybody coming out of those places. And so I'm walking back and forth and I didn't tell one person about Jesus. Do you know why? Because I didn't feel led. Now, here's Here's a point in this message. What does a feeling led feel like? Does it tickle? Does it shizoo? And, and where in the Bible does it say we're supposed to be led by our feelings? Was this book written by the Spirit? Yes. It was inspired by the Holy Spirit. Did Jesus speak led by the Holy Spirit? Yes. So if we obey what's in this book, are we being led by the Holy Spirit? So often people come up to me and they say, do you have a word for me? I say, yes, read the word and do it. We we just, we make this so ethereal and spiritual and and like it's, it's practical. Just do it. Jesus said, preach the gospel to every creature. Go into all the world. People say, well, I'm I'm praying whether I should go to the nations. Jesus already said do it. You don't have to have a word to go to the nations. Now, you may go the wrong nation at first. So did Paul. But God couldn't speak to Paul till Paul started trying to obey the voice of God. As long as you're staying here, you won't see what God wants to do. So, 2 o'clock, hadn't talked to one person. 3 o'clock, almost all the cars are out of the parking lot. And I pray, Lord, if you want me to talk to somebody tonight, bring them around the corner in the next five minutes, or I'm going home, in your name I pray, amen. Before I could say amen, someone came around the corner. I don't know if you've ever had this adrenaline rush that just causes you to overcompensate for everything that you're doing. <laughs> there was no social distancing that went on in that moment. <laughs> Remember, big red eyes, gospel tracks, giant Bible under my arm, and almost touching his nose. Sir, if you die right now, you know what you're going to have Jesus died, blood, shed his blood, rose against his life, praise the Lord, gonna get saved. <laughs> and, and I can't repeat in church what he said. It was something about going someplace else and a few other things. And then he spat on me, spat on my toes. And I I missed God, I knew I missed God. And so my car had been parked up against the the wall, pointing out, I got in my car, put the key in the ignition and as soon as I turned on the car, this big black truck, one of those, the the tires are taller than my head. You have to pole vault to get up into the, the cab throw out a ladder to climb up there, blocked my path, and the tinted window came down, and the guy said, was that you trying to tell me about Jesus? Yes, sir. You really meant it, didn't you?
1: Uh Uh-huh.
0: Could we talk? And we got out. He got out. He parachuted out. (laughs) And we sat there on the corner, and we talked until the sun came up. And I'd like to tell you that his life was changed. I think it was. But I can tell you the one whose life was changed. It was me. Because what I saw in that moment was that the people in those places are not monsters to be afraid of. They're not creatures to hide from. They're kidnapped royalty. Men and women created to be sons and daughters of a king. And they've been hijacked. And it began a journey. I didn't know how to do this thing. I became the original Uber driver. This is in the 1980s. So I had business cards printed up. You need a ride and... You didn't even have a cell phone for them to call. You had to pick it off the wall. For you young people, it's, it's a box, and you had to. <laughs> and and the, the phone would ring, and I'd go pick somebody up. The bouncers most of the time would call me to get me to take away a problem. So I was making friends with the bouncers, and then it was, it was out of that that um, I started meeting people. It, it was great. I mean, I had a captive audience. I needed to practice the gospel, how to share the gospel. They couldn't go anyplace. They can't jump out of a moving car. And it was great for follow-up because I knew where they lived. <laughs> and if they were too drunk to tell me how to get home, we smuggled them into ORU. Uh, we <laughs> made them lay down in the back seat, put blankets over, and drove right in, got them passed through security. I'm not a student there anymore, so I can tell the story now. <laughs> I also, so now I'm friends with all the bouncers, and I'm making friends with some of the clientele. So on Saturday and Sunday afternoons, I got another job. I went and found all the managers and all the owners that I could meet. And I said, I will clean your toilets. I clean your restroom so clean that you can eat soup out of the toilet bowls. For free. Why? Well, I think Jesus washed people's feet. I'd be honored to do it. So now I'm friends with, and, and let me just tell you that wasn't just a way to get in the door. Jesus served. And when we're talking about sharing the gospel, it's important to remember we serve. we find ways to serve and and then we make friends and then our circle becomes bigger and before long these owners and these managers and now the bar t- the the bouncers are my buddies and they're introducing me to the bartenders and and now I'm in there and they invite me to go table to table and they tell me this person has this problem they're going through this situation they need prayer and then they start asking me to come in late at night as they close and say a closing prayer on Saturday nights, which is their only service many of them are going to go to on Sunday mornings. I hope you're following what I'm, I'm, I'm sharing this with intentionality this morning. This is just, I just got an idea. Okay, Lord, I'm giving you all my heart. And, and I don't feel different. I don't, I don't sense tingling. I don't have oil. I don't have electricity. It's not a Shazam I just want to make myself available to people. Does that make sense? We late, later we we did this at concerts. We got Red Cross certified for first aid, and we began to help the fire department at concerts. I've met Megadeth. I met Ozzy Osbourne. I met Tina Turner. Some of you young people have no idea who these guys are. I met Kiss. We we had the chance to share Jesus with all these guys because we were backstage helping people. I'm just talking about making practical choices to be where people are. And before long, I I started being able to come into these bars and these clubs, and, and now my friends are beginning to be people that don't have homes, people that have problems with alcohol, people that are abusing drugs and using drugs, people that are selling drugs. People that are selling themselves. People that are gang members. They're my friends. And one night, two homeless buddies of mine. The building's since been knocked down. It's downtown just off of um, close to 15th in Denver. There was a bar there. And two homeless buddies, Homer and Harold, got into a fight over a little tab. They took it outside. They were too drunk. And Homer broke his bottle. And I'm standing about as far as I am from my princess. And I saw Homer stab Harold. I'd watched it on movies. But in real life, I never had seen somebody die. Let alone somebody be killed. And that moment, he took his last breath. And the reality of this, what we're talking about, hit me. fast forward and now I got good at sharing the gospel and and I was going places and talking to people and leading outreaches and I'll never forget I was in New Orleans we had the cross and we lifted it up the, the places after Katrina is gone but the projects were called Desire at that time New Orleans was the, no, the number one murder capital in the world and and uh, it was a bad place. Two 10-year-old girls got caught in the crossfire and died the night before we were there. I still have two of the shell casings. And uh, we'd hold the cross up and we'd do a drama. Then we'd give an invitation. And then we'd go out and talk to people two by twos. And I, I would always find the, the ugliest, meanest, baddest guy. and I'm gonna talk to that guy. And I found him and I went to him and we, we talked for a bit. And he's just cursing at me and telling me, you don't mean what you're saying. I said, yeah, it's a dangerous neighborhood. And and look, here's two shell casings. These two little girls were killed last night. You you don't blankety-blankety mean or understand what you're talking about. I said, why do you say that? He said, come with me. And we went down an alley. And I should have known better because it was a dead-end alley. And he's blocking my path. And then he points where a car had been parked overnight. He said, just kneel down and wipe your hand in that. But it wasn't oil from a car. It was blood. And he began to curse at me and scream at me. And he was crying, tears just running, uncontrolled boogers coming out of his nose, just just out of control. He said, that was my brother last night. 15 bullets, point blank. Drug deal gone bad. And he goes, and I don't know where my brother is. And I don't need some big shot preacher coming through here trying to get another notch on his belt just to go back and tell his church what he did here in our hood. He goes, because I don't know where I'm going either. And I want to know. Now tell me, preacher. Preacher. See, the, the challenge when we start talking about sharing the gospel is, is we end up learning techniques, we learn end up learning tools, and those are all great as long as it points us to Jesus. And let me just tell you, we don't go because of the poor lost people that are dying. Yes, that is a reason. But we go because the king is worthy. I want to read to you a, a, a scripture. Because... We don't share the gospel, because if, if we just talk about sh- talking about the gospel, the gospel can become something we share rather than someone we share. We're sharing a person. We're introducing people to someone else. When when I go to Hawaii, I haven't been that many times, but if, if I go someplace warm, and, and I come back, and, and I've got a... Uh, a nice tan, I look relaxed, I look all happy, people are going to say, where have you been? Man, you look, all, you look great, what's going on? And I have an opportunity to t- share about my vacation to wherever I went. It's the same thing with Jesus. If you've got your Bible, please turn to uh, Psalm chapter 45, please. And and I'd love to read the whole chapter, but let's just read verse 1. Psalm 45, verse 1. I'm reading from the New King James Version, and then I'm going to read the Passion. It says, my heart is overflowing with a good theme. I recite my composition concerning the King. And my tongue is the pen of a ready writer. And the Passion Translation says it this way. My heart is on fire. Boiling over with passion. Bubbling up within me are these beautiful lyrics as a lovely poem to be sung for the king. Like a river bursting its banks. I'm overflowing with words spilling out, in, in, out into the sacred story. Ministry is simply the overflow of a life lived in love with Jesus. Guile spoke this, this scripture last week about Peter and John when they got out of prison. But I, I think it was in verse 19, they, in chapter 4 of Acts, he says, we cannot stop speaking what we've seen and heard. How, how, do, how does this work? There's a couple things, and I just want to be as practical as I can in in these these next moments, all right? Um, Number one, Jesus has called us to be salt. He's called us to be light. In in Matthew chapter 5, I think it's verse 16, the the Bible says, Jesus says these words, Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Okay? Okay? How, how do we do this? First of all, remember, we're sharing about a person. You're sharing about your experience, who he is. But, but we're salt. I mean, we're, we're light and we're salt. So light, let your light so shine. In fact, Jesus is the light of the world. He says, I'm the light of the world. But he also said, you are the light of the world. Let your light so shine. What's the next word? before how many of you have ever been camping before or on a retreat before and and you've you've been bunk mates or roommates or tent mates with the kid that has the brightest flashlight and how do they let you know they have the brightest flashlight you can't see for the rest of the weekend that is like so many of us we we learn something in this in these times And we go out and we let our light shine on people. Because we've got the truth. We've got the brightest light. I don't know if you've ever been spelunking or cave exploring. And you get in there and your light goes out. And somebody comes to to get you. And they've got a light. And they let it shine in front of you. Do you know how thankful you are? Jesus said, you're the salt of the earth. Salt does what? Flavor. What else? Preserves. What else? Draws in water. Great. So, what, what? Somebody said something back there. What else? Makes you thirsty. If you drink, eat a lot of popcorn or chips while you're watching the game this evening, you're going to get thirsty. We're supposed to do all these other things, but when we're talking about sharing our story, when we're talking about sharing the gospel, the person of Jesus Christ, we need to say things and do things in a way that creates thirst. Now, a lot of us, I'm confessing, when I was 12 years old, I'm still mischievous in a lot of ways, but 12 years old, I was the guy that ruined so many people's meals because I would unscrew the salt shaker just enough. Now you know who did that to you. Uh, It was me. And you, you start to shake and, and it ruins the meal. Most of us go between two extremes. We we either do that in, in our sharing of the gospel or we keep all the salt in the salt shaker. But if you add just enough, it makes people thirsty. Let me show how it works. Uh, we... I get to ready to check in. Now I know all of you are not checking in crosses, but you can you can be creative in, in stuff like this. When my cross travels, it breaks into three six feet sections. I tie it together with bungee cords, I put it in a snow ski bag. So when I go up to the counter, especially if I'm going to Equatorial Guinea, obviously that's not snow skis. And and they always it doesn't matter. I, I landed in Orlando. It could have been, you know, I was doing some kind of surfing. But I, I love when people say, what's in your bag? And you know what I say? i give you three guesses. And nobody has ever guessed it before. And if you guess it, I'll give you $20. On my way home from the airport, I took an Uber the other night here in Tulsa and I always pray God just bring me the right person and I had a guy named Jesse and Jesse was very competitive and when he put the cross in his car he wants to know what's in it I told him this and the game was on I I live about 35 minutes away and for 25 of those minutes he's guessing but I said you only get three guesses And I'm not going to give you any clues. I'm not going to say you're getting warmer or colder. And Jesse never got it. But when I got to the part of, it's a cross, Jesse starts to cry. I landed in Orlando, Florida. And one guy asked me, and before long, I had 15 people wanting to play the game. We're at baggage claim. Nicole will tell you this. We, we check in the cross at places and, you know, the, the lady at the, at the ticket counter, when she's checking you in, what's in it, why does it weigh so much? You'll never guess what's in it. And I can't tell you how many times we just oh, we say, end up sharing, yes, it's a cross. And they unzip it to, can I touch it? And before long, tears start flowing. And we're able to hold hands. But if I just say it's a cross, oh, before long, we've, we've, people have an idea about us. Does that make sense? For example, I've never got on an airplane and going to someplace and somebody says, I say, what do you do? Where are you going? you going home. You got family. And then they reciprocate. What do you do? And where are you going? And I, I'm not a missionary and I'm not going on a mission trip. Don't say those words. Let me just tell you, don't say I'm a Christian. Don't say I'm a pastor. <laughs> I'm not a preacher. I'm not a pastor. I'm not a missionary. And because the invisible wall goes up. See, when we're talking about sharing the gospel, what we're talking about, and I'm going to hit just briefly in a moment, listening to the Holy Spirit. I'll give you three things. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Listen to that person, not their words. Listen to their heart. And listen to the surroundings. Jesus, we we read over and over again, he saw, he noticed, and then he spoke. He saw what his father was doing. He saw what was going on around them, but then he, he saw the surroundings. How many times does it say, Jesus noticed? Jesus saw. Jesus paid attention. And let me just tell you this. Attention costs. That's why you have to pay. It costs time. It costs effort. It costs energy. This this is real practical and real simple, and maybe it's too elementary. But it just takes time. Slow down. You, You pull up to the stoplight here in Tulsa, And and somebody has a sign. Maybe you don't have any money. Maybe you don't feel you're supposed to give any money. That's between you and God. But it will will never hurt you to roll down your window and say, Hi, my name's Keith. What's your name? And the next time you come to that corner, you say, Hey, John, how you doing? Sometimes it may cost you. John, what do you need most today? (laughs) 81st and Riverside, coming out of ORU. His name wasn't John. But he said, I need some shoes. Which size do you wear? I knew he was going to say it. I wear size 11, 11 and a half. It's just practical. I've got another pair of shoes at home. So you drive home barefoot. You get on the plane. And you be salt. If I tell them, "Oh, I carry a 12-foot wooden cross around the world on foot to proclaim the glorious gospel of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ," <laughs> can I just tell you what's going to happen? They're going to leave. I do the craziest thing you've ever heard. That's what I say, because you know what they're going to say after that? What do you do? See, we say things in ways that provoke and create curiosity. And, and again, this is not a memorized, because you, each situation is different, but I'm just trying to give you some ideas here. I, I do the craziest thing. Well, what do you do? And Well, I've been traveling around the world for the last 38 years, and uh, I've been to, and, and I give them more than 200 countries, and man, you, you work for National Geographic or the military... Was that the strangest thing you've ever heard? Isn't that kind of cool? Yeah, I guess so. What do you do? Well, actually, I've, I've been walking. I've, I've walked now almost 28,000 miles around the world. Walking? <laughs> I had one African king one time. Walking? Yes, sir. Walking. Walking! You know who you were like. You were like that famous American. You were like Forrest Gump. But we say things in, in ways, and, and then I, I, yeah, and along the way, and I've been with all the groups, I can't say their names on the airplane, except the one that starts with a T that's from Afghanistan. Uh, I've been w- even with the one that starts with an I, and the one that starts with AQ, and you've done, what? Um, Al-Qaeda, ISIS, just, I can say it in here. Um, I, I've, I've been as high as Kilimanjaro, I've been to the Dead Sea, I've been through the Amazon, the Congo,
1: what, what do you do?
0: Well, as I've been walking, I've been doing something that makes it even crazier, more unusual, more strange. I've been carrying a wooden cross on my shoulder. And I can't tell you there's been, there hasn't been one time somebody hasn't said, why do you do that? You see, we don't share a message. We share a person. And we invite that person to be right there with us. I was in a doctor's office the other day, and I was, I was checking in. And they were asking me all the questions, and, and I just said, well, you know, I, quite frankly, I don't like doing this because I've been traveling around the world, and, and honestly, don't call 911, but I can't wait till I die. This is to the receptionist. What? No, I can't wait till I die. I've lived this most amazing life and, and it's been so full. I'm married to a fairy tale princess, got amazing kids, and I, I get the coolest job. But when I die, I get to see the one I've known all my life. I get to see Jesus. Sometimes this takes place in, in other little ways. We were eating at a cheesecake factory and this was during COVID and we had the, the Server that you don't want to have. Uh, she's, she's cursing. She gets the wrong orders. She dropped our silverware and picked it up. This is during COVID. Wiped it on her leg. And we asked for more silverware. And she said, well, I'm sorry. I can't do that because uh, we're trying to conserve water. You are not. <laughs> I know better than that. But she, she does everything wrong. She probably, I, I don't know this for sure. She probably spit in our food. She was that lady. And and at the end of the meal, though, this this is a practical way. You're gonna, if you go out and eat later, just do this. So when I it came time to tip her, I, I tipped three times the amount of the meal. And I got up and left my princess and her sister and our sweet mama all together, and I went into the restroom. And I come out of the restroom, and this lady is standing there when I walk out of the restroom. Face is red. She's shaking and holding the bill. She goes, what is this? What the blankety-blanket is this? I said, it looks like a check. She goes, I know it's a check. She goes, but what is this? She goes, look at the tip. I said, did I not tip you enough? I'm sorry. She goes, no, you, I don't deserve this. You gave me too much. And she recounted all the things that she did. She knew what she was doing. And I just said, Aren't you glad God doesn't give us what we deserve? In that moment, the person of Jesus was right there. Does this make sense? He's right there. you, you, You look and you listen and you love. That's it. Three L's. Look, listen, and love. Listen to the Holy Spirit. Listen to the surroundings. Look at that person. Don't just see Don't just look at people. See people. I pick up every penny that I see. And it doesn't matter if it's head down. uh, Yeah, head down, tail up, stepped on, grimy. you got to pick them up because they, they matter. Every penny has value. And so does every person. And if I pick up every penny, no matter how dirty it is, it reminds me to stop for that person. During COVID, I have a thing of pennies. And I went into Quick Trip. And they all said they need coins. And so I had... Lots of coins. And it was in a Ziploc bag. And after I finished using the men's room, the bag broke and it fell all over the floor on the men's room. And I had to find every penny. Because every penny matters because every person matters. It's a reminder. And So this lady is shaking and angry. And when I said that, she goes, you're right, we don't deserve it. And she told me her story. She was seven years old, she gave her life to Jesus. When she was 15 years old, she got pregnant by someone in the youth group. And the church kicked them both out. They did the right thing, they got married. But then they had another baby. And the young man couldn't, see, everybody's got a story. Pay attention. Attention costs. Listen. And the young man became addicted to a bad lifestyle. And he began to beat her and began to abuse her. And so she began to so he left and she began to abuse substances. And she got caught, got put in prison, had her children taken away from her. And she was just gotten out of prison, just got this job at Cheesecake Factory and was about to get her kids and had a setback. And that's why she took it out on me. She'd been living in her car outside for two weeks before. I didn't lead her in a sinner's prayer. And by the way, there's not a sinner's prayer in the Bible. She fell into my arms, began to cry. She goes, I guess I need God's mercy too. I need to come back to him. We were at another restaurant in Fort Smith after I preached. There's 15 of us at the table on the last one. And and I'll just share this and then then I want to give you another practical tool. And as uh, the server got around to me, uh, I asked her her name. That's a good place to start. What's your name? Hey, we're getting ready to pray in just a few moments. Because she'll come back and say, "Is after she brings all the food, is there anything else I can help you with? Yes, we're about ready to pray. It would be horrible for you to do all this work and it's not even offered to pray for you. See how simple that is? Is there anything going on in your life that we could pray for you about? So this, this young lady's name was Ellie. And I said, Ellie, that's a beautiful name. And she says, do I know you? No, I, I don't think so. i hardly come here to Fort Smith. and do you, do you go to church around here? Oh, no, I've never been to church. She goes, but, but when you said my name, I just felt like someone, like I've heard that before. It's like somebody has been calling, it sounded like somebody's been calling my name since before I was born. Listen, I didn't say anything. I just said, what's your name? Ellie, I like your name. That's a beautiful name. I said, I know how we know each other. She goes, how? I said, well, wait till the end of the meal. A little bit of salt. She came back five times during the meal. And she kept saying, you've got to tell me, you're spooking me out. You're totally spooking me out. She goes, "This, you're giving me the freaks. Dinner's over. And I had told her, I hope you just, you go think about it too. Dinner's over. We, we sit down together. And uh, she goes, I know how we know each other. You know my grandparents. How would I know them? Well, they do auctions. Never been to an auction. She goes, maybe you know my dad. I said, I might. How would I know your dad? No, I don't know your dad, but I think I know your father. What do you mean? I said, listen, remember, a little bit of salt. That's, that's all I'm saying. Just we, we make things in ways and say things in ways. I said, Ellie, do you believe in God? She says no, never have believed in him. What do you think about Jesus? He's a nice guy, but he doesn't deserve all that credit. That's okay. Listen, people will do things that will offend us. Jesus already paid for their offense. I, I, could, I can't in church, but I could tell you some things that people have done to me and to the cross, right? That would just freak you out. You can't get offended. He took that on the cross. We just love them. Doesn't mean we excuse it. We pray for them. We bless them. We try to speak to them. So, Ellie said this. I said, Ellie, I believe in him with all my heart. I don't just believe in him. Because he's not a belief. He's not a faith. He's not an idea. He's a person. And he's standing right here. I said, "You, you can't see love. But if. If you didn't have love, you'd die. You you can't see air, and without air, you'd die. And and you can't see your heart, but if you do see your heart, you'll die. (laughs) And he's right here, right now. And she goes,
1: I think he is.
0: I said, Ellie, when I said yes to him, I asked him to fill me completely and saturate me so that when people look in my eyes, they see his eyes. And when they feel my touch, they feel his touch. And when they hear me speak, they hear his voice. I said, I want to read you a verse. And I read to her where he says, I, before you were formed, before I formed you in the womb, I called you by name. She goes, that's it. Ellie, little Ellie falls into my arms, and starts crying. And we pray together. We, we leave, and we came back because we wanted to give her a special tip, too. The church had given one, but we wanted to give a special one. And I walked in the door, and Ellie comes running and yells to everybody in the restaurant, Hey, guys, this guy, and calls her boss, the, this guy, he ruined my life. He goes, she said, he ruined everything I believe about myself, and everything I believe about God, and everything I believe about Jesus, and I think I'm a Christian. salt let your light so shine before people say things in ways that create curiosity look at those people see them look at the surroundings and look at jesus listen to what they're saying not just their words but listen to their heart listen to the holy spirit what he's saying and listen to what the surroundings are saying It, it takes effort pay attention it costs, but it's worth it. And then we start to, we start to love. Now, here's what Jesus did, and, and I want to give it to you practically. We don't have time to do this here, but but if I were to say, can I come down here for just a second? If if I were to say, uh, you you get that, um, Guile gets this. Happy Valentine's. Is too much water coming down there? Oh, it's, it's coming down. But you gotta think about this one. Um, princess, you get this one. Okay, and you get her empty coffee cup. Okay, now here's, here's what you can do, and this is an awesome, fun game to play. Think about this, think about this, think about this, think about your plant that had too much water in it, it was oversaturated. And lead me to Jesus talking about these things. What you have to do is you have to look at at Jesus and see what he's doing with this. You have to look at this situation and you have to look at me in order to see how can you relate these things to me. You have to listen to the Holy Spirit. You have to listen to my heart when i'm saying how these things relate to me and you have to listen to how is this going to affect me you can't just say oh you know jesus is like an old dirty cloth <laughs> that's not what we're trying to say jesus did this very well jesus said he's talking to fishermen and he says you know there's a kingdom and it's just like your fishnets. And he's with some farmers and they're plowing their ground. And he said, you know, God's word, my father's word is just like this. And the way you plow and the way it grows up. And, and then he's with people on a mountaintop and he says, you know, this is how much he cares for you. Look look at all these little birds. And 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 look at the, the flowers in the field. He cares for you like these things. See, he... he l- looked, he listened and he loved but you, you look first at him you listen to him you look at that person, you see them and you listen to their heart and then you look at the things that are around you and you listen to those things that are around you and then you love and I just want to close this thing I read in a kind of a poem. I don't know what you really call it. Um, it's kind of a poem that I wrote a long time ago. And uh, and I think it's right here. It's right here. It says, and, and I'll, I'll do it kind of like. Uh, my eyes aren't that good. There. You take something like this, it's an empty balloon, and this is how my life was before I came to know Jesus. But as I looked at him and saw his love for me, he began to fill me up. As I listened to him and heard his love for me, he began to fill me up. But he did that for other people too. And so I I wrote, God's heart is the world. I'm going to do this without this. People online are listening. (laughs) Golly. See, these guys have got such servant hearts. It beats and I hear the cry of pain of children who are sick and malnourished. It beats and I hear the cry of anguish of those whose lives are ravaged by war. It beats and I hear the cry of loneliness from a pregnant little teenage girl. It beats and I hear the cry of desperation from those bound to drugs. It beats and I hear the cry of agony from those tortured for their faith. It beats and I hear the cry of hopelessness as a mother tries to feed her children but has no food and no money. Beats and I hear the cry of futility as millions of Muslims seek to know God but don't know the way. Beats and I hear the cry of confusion as millions of Hindus worship gods they can never ever know. Beats and I hear the cry of fear as a mother offers her only child to appease the spirits of her tribal gods. it beats and i hear the cry of the lost won't someone come tell me it beats and i hear the cry of jesus won't someone pray won't someone go it beats and it's breaking overflowed with a good theme. It overflows with love. In 38 years of carrying the cross, do you know how many people I've led to Jesus? None. This is not about a competition. It's not about a, making me feel good about what I do or even what I don't do. Let's say they say no. That's okay. I did my part. I loved them. I listened to them. I looked at them. That's all God asked me. My prayer is, Lord, blind me to what happens behind me. I don't have a ministry, my friends. The Bible says no one comes to the Father unless he draws them. It's his ministry. It's his responsibility. And if you can talk somebody into something, somebody can come along tomorrow and talk someone out into something else. It's, it's about him. It's about Saying, Holy Spirit, I recognize the presence of Jesus right now. He who began a good work, that means who started it, the author and the finish of our faith. It's Him. It's Him. And He said, If I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. One of my favorite characters in the Bible is the donkey that carries Jesus into Jerusalem. You know his job? To lift Jesus high enough that he could be seen. And you know that's all he asks us. It was not about the donkey. This is not about what you and I can memorize, what you and I can do. It's about us going into this world and letting our light so shine before men. It's about us going and being salt. It's about us just going in there and being faithful. And lifting up Jesus so he may be seen. Father, in the name of Jesus, please forgive us for depending on anything but you. Please forgive us for looking at people as objects and targets. Help us to look with your eyes of love, help our heart to overflow and break. As we look at a world that is in need, the world doesn't need, you, you, you said it, you didn't come into the world to condemn, you came into the world that the world might be saved. They don't need our fingers, pointed fingers of judgment, they need our outstretched arms of love. May we be your arms of love and may we be your voice. I pray for the anointing of your Holy Spirit to rest upon my brothers and sisters, upon my family here, that you would empower us, that we might be your witnesses beginning in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the world. May we never see monsters or creatures that we run and hide from. May we see people that are kidnapped, royalty. Help us to see people like you see them. And help us to love you so much that we want to lift you up, that our heart would overflow with a good theme. We love you. In Jesus' name,
1: amen. Amen. Let's stand together. Can we thank Keith? <laughs> Look, listen, and love. Let's say that together. Look, listen, and love. One more time. Look, listen, And love. We're going to finish by praying for our Oikos map, okay? This is really timely and appropriate. John, could you put that prayer up there? These are people that you can think of. Let's just think, bring to our minds the people who are in our relational network who are far from God. Some of us are going to meet some that are in just a few minutes, actually. So let's pray out loud this prayer together. Lord. I pray for the people in my life who are far from you. Deliver them from the evil one. Bring them into your family and help them to grow as your disciples. Amen. Amen. Guys, next week we'll have Pete Gregg here. It's going to be a lot of fun. Go cheer Jesus. Look, listen, and love.